Classic by Shiana. Hi, it's Shiana. Welcome to Who You Call Holistic. I am recording today at GOT Sound Studio. Shout out to Neek. Welcome, everybody. Happy Thursday, at, or whatever day you might be listening to this, actually. Um, I've been talking about mental health things all month, and of course, I'm keeping the ball rolling on that again today. And uh, I've also had a lot of questions about Reiki recently, and I have a class coming up. So I was like, let me let me combine those those items today to kind of cover bases on a lot of these topics all at once. So before I get into all of that, um, make sure you subscribe to my Patreon. Make sure you like, subscribe, and share this podcast, especially on your stories, so that people know what you're listening to. Um, share my shit. Thank you. And um, what else? Reiki class, 1111. It is going to be in person. It's going to be at Floor de Lune, which is in downtown Columbia, South Carolina. If you have already taken a Reiki class, you already know you can come to this Reiki class again and get another attunement. I like to share that because you can get more than one attunement, you know, and if you sit in a Reiki class, you're going to learn something new each time because no class is going to be the same, right? So if you've already taken one of my classes, come through. It's, it's going to be worth it. And I'll share some more about that throughout this episode. But one of the things I wanted to mention in today's episode was, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of things going on in the world and per usual, but, you know, they're amplified right now. And I know I've spoken a lot about making sure you do things to protect your own peace and to call on protection for yourself and to do what you need to do to be in your own space, your own peace, like do what you need to do for that. I know for me, like I even had a moment today and I've been researching, I've been studying to, you know, figure out, cause you know, I don't watch the news like that. So like, but you know, I, I do need to know some things. But even like logging into social media, there are, you know, what I like to, what are referred to as like trauma dumps, right? And you just don't know what you're going to see at any given time. So like if you need to take a break, if you need to log off, if you need to, you know, step away or mute some things in the meantime, like do that. Because I know for me, like I have still never and never planned to see videos of George Floyd. Like, why would I do that to myself? That is trauma on a hundred. And I, like, I know me, you know, I don't need to repeat that. Like, I, I know enough already about the topic. I know enough about the situation. I don't need the visuals, right? I already have a very vivid imagination. So um, I know for me, like today, I logged into Twitter and immediately just trauma, trauma after trauma. And somebody even like posted it and was like, stop scrolling and look at this. And I was like, oh my gosh, like that's, I get everybody has their own opinions and their own, you know, emotions on things. But again, if you need to step away, pause on some things, do that, do what you need to do to protect your peace. But anyway, um, since one of the last recordings, I know I've been talking a lot about things you can do to, you know, strengthen your mental health and the things that are going to be good in your toolkit throughout, especially throughout uh, winter as the, as the nights get dark quicker 
Um, it's a good time to have these tools in your toolkit. And, you know, I, I talk about getting my massages. That's good for my, my own mental health, but I do a lot of work anyway, physically and energetically. So I love the massages for that alone. Like that's my fuel to keep going. And I've said more than once, like if you don't pour into yourself, then you will become resentful when you are trying to help other people. So especially right now when things are amplified, uh, the collective consciousness is, I mean, there's a lot of emotions happening, right? There's a lot of anger. There's a lot of grief. And it's just like amplified even more, especially when it's being shared more and more, right? Because everybody's seeing it, everybody's feeling it. So I'm sharing more and more of these tools for your toolkit to keep going, all right? So that you can, you can still do what you need to do in your own career, especially if you are somebody who takes care of others. You know, like this stuff, it feels different, right? So anyway, before I wanted to get into the toolkit part of it, I had a recent visit outside of massage therapy with, I know I've been talking about one of the things I've been more focused on is strengthening my gut health. And like, I've got, I've got the other things, you know, I've got my, my routines and rituals for the other elements that I need for my self-care. Right. But one of the things that I was like, God, like this one, this one is a tough one. Or, um, the one that I've, you know, been working on more intentionally because it was just, it was, it seemed like too big of a mountain to climb in the moment. But anyway, gut health things. So one of the things I was thinking though is, okay, it's cool to say you want to strengthen your gut health or eat better or whatever. And I'm a firm believer in like, you need to do what's right for you, right? So being a vegan isn't good for everybody. Vegetarian isn't good for everybody. But like, how do you figure out that baseline, right? That was my questioning with it. And I know you can, there's all kinds of things you can do. There's different, you can even order like kits on Amazon for different food sensitivities, or um, I think even environmental sensitivities. I know you can go to the doctor and get those things as well. I've shared my story more than once about all of the allergy testing I had years ago and um, learning I was like completely allergic to South Carolina and or like just outside in South Carolina. But I never had any sort of like food sensitivity testing done. So it was one thing to say like, hey, I'd like to strengthen my gut health, but also what does that look like? Like, where do I begin? Because I can be eating this one item and, you know, especially with ADHD things, we get in this routine of like, well, I know for my version of it, there's moments where I get in a routine of eating something and it could be um, like really, really good for me. And it's familiar, it's easy, it's a go-to, but also if that's something that isn't good for me, <laughs> If that is some food sensitivity I may have, then perhaps I need to eliminate that, right? So I went to see a practitioner who does chiropractic work, applied kinesiology. Um, oh, gosh, what else? Um, acupuncture, emotion code. I got to have an emotion code person on here at some point. I've thought about learning emotion code. That's a whole nother. It's an interesting thing. Um he does all kinds of other things, right? And this is somebody that like I've sent a lot of my clients to, I've sent a lot of friends to based off of just like knowing that he knows his shit. Like I know 
some other people that see him already. So I was like, let me like, let me send these other people that I know are going to benefit from him. Cause there's just, sometimes there's just a knowing right with who, who your people are and the, and who can help take care of you. And so I've sent many clients his way, but I hadn't personally seen him yet. So I went to see him and discussed like food sensitive, food sensitivity things and wanting to revamp some of that, but not knowing I didn't have a baseline. So he actually did throughout the session, throughout the treatment, because again, he does chiropractic care. So the adjustment was like the very last razzle dazzle at the end of the session. But throughout the session, he, uh, he did a lot of muscle testing, which I kind of chuckled at because I spoke about muscle testing on this podcast like way, way long ago. Um, I feel like it might have been like episode, the episode is called Cheat Codes. I remember that. And I had a lot of people like say or share that they had tried out muscle testing. And I had some other people mention that other people that they knew swore by it. So like... <laughs> It is still a thing, I guess. I just didn't do it myself. So, again, it's like we, we know these things, we have these skills, and we forget how to tap into them sometimes. But, see, I'm guilty of it, too, at times. Um, but anyway, so he did a lot of muscle testing throughout the session, and he gave me a list of the items that I'm sensitive to, and I was like, oh, all right, so I, I got to revamp a whole lot more than I thought I needed to revamp. But there were things on the list even that would be considered, you know, healthy. Um, I know like spinach was on the list, shard was on the list. Those are healthy items for a lot of people, but for my body in particular, they're not good for me right now. They might be good later, but I guess as I'm strengthening my gut health, they're not good for me right now. So if... I can add any, anything into the toolkit uh, recommendation right now. It is very much like learn your baselines for things, right? Even if it's like you want to work out more or you want to be more active in some way, but you don't know where to begin, you know, like get, get the data behind that to see what works for you and try different things to see what works for you and feels good in the moment. Because I know for me, like I need to switch it up from time to time. I need to go for a short walk or a lengthy walk. I need to go to the gym sometimes. I need to do, you know, some sort of like lengthy stretch sesh or yoga something at home. Like just, I need different things to, to keep my mind entertained with, <laughs> with the work, right? So figure out what works for you. Figure out your baselines so that you can just add to that and build on that. Um, but highly recommend like applied kinesiology things because, yeah. Again, I was sending all my people to them because I already knew, but um, I'll keep you posted on those on those visits because they're they're really fascinating. And I said to him, like, I got to have you on the podcast at some point, but he's a, he's a busy man. So whenever that happens, you'll know, and um, I'll ask all the questions. But anyway, um, on to what I was thinking about with today's uh, conversation is what what's in a healing crisis what does a healing crisis look like and i've shared the healing crisis that i experienced back in 2015 which was i was experiencing chronic sinus infections and i just mentioned a moment ago that you know i had all kinds of allergy testing done i had like again i had a tube put in my ear i gained 20 pounds in 2 months from the steroids i was on um my skin was a mess i had 
uh, just extreme inflammation everywhere, like my face, my my shoulders, my arm, like everything was just puffy. And then I kept getting a lot of hyperpigmentation. And like, this is coming from somebody who didn't have acne growing up, right? I may have like a little breakout near my, my cycle or something, but I did not have acne. So experiencing it as an adult was like a mind fuck and also a big blow to my ego. Cause like I, I had good skin. So, um, my experience with the healing crisis was very much like I had already had these things going on and I just kept going to the doctor for the medicine for it, getting more medicine, more medicine. Cause I just kept getting chronic sinus infections. I never necessarily, well, when I worked at the hospital, I seemed to get all their things, which of course, um, cause I had strep throat for the first time working in the ER, but I experienced like it would just be, it would be like that extreme pressure in your head, you know, like that in the sinus cavity, it would be that along with some sort of um, like upper, it was just upper respiratory stuff. I didn't have body aches. I didn't have, sometimes my eyes would be very, very bloodshot. And this was way before I smoked like that. So I just always kept getting these chronic sinus infections and I just kept getting z packs. But of course I didn't do anything. And I'm sure my body at some point became immune to them because they just kept refilling the prescription, but it never got to the root of it. And I've shared that it wasn't until I tried out acupuncture that was like, oh yeah, this is uh, repressed grief that you're not addressing. And here's some herbs and here's some acupuncture for it. So my healing crisis involved, you know, skin issues, it involved ex like fast and extreme weight gain. Um, and of course, like I had extreme low self-esteem at the time. Like I don't like when I look back on that year, I really didn't take many pictures. Like that's where I was. And there was just so many things that were mind fucks because of that experience. I felt crazy because I kept talking to the physicians. They would send me to a specialist that didn't helped me either. And um, it's funny because I actually like read something recently within my chart. I have a lot of placements in, um, I want to say it's the sixth house. But anyway, one of the, a lot of the placements I have are in the house of like healing and health and whatnot. And some of the things I read was mentioning like, yeah, over time you'll probably have some like mystery illness or something that doctors can't really fix. And I was like, oh, great, right. <laughs> of course, this tracks. So it only makes sense that I had to seek alternative options that the doctors weren't uh, working with. So, you know, I do like to share those things on here, obviously, because I've had my own personal experience with it. Um, but I had all of that going on. It wasn't until I had acupuncture that addressed it. And then later, um, you know, I finally felt like I had more awareness about my own body and how my mind, body, and spirit were all connected more and, like, the emotions that may cause what I was going through on a physical level. And so, obviously, that helped me treat my clients differently and a little better, too, because I was more compassionate and empathetic to what they were going through um, so that was even before I took up Reiki, right? And then once I learned Reiki, 
um, I was addressing grief again. And um, because again, you can do self Reiki treatments. And that just helped me tap into that ability even more and connect with my mind and body even more. So um, other people have had healing crises like this is not anything new. Um, I'm sure like if you're listening, you may have even had this experience or at least a family member. But what I'm pointing out is like the healing crisis was a crisis because I was ignoring the other shit, right? <laughs> I just kept going to the doctor for these sinus infections and getting these z packs that didn't work. And I was just relying on that one option. So, you know, there's, there's whispers, right? There are whispers before the scream. That sounds like some shit she honestly says. And I just, you know, just keep that in mind. So some of the healing crisis symptoms can be um, flu-like symptoms. And I know whenever I was in massage school, we even discussed what a healing crisis might be because some people, you know, they have had trauma over time or um, it could have been, you know, some sort of sexual trauma. So being touched, even if it's in a safe environment with a massage can be a trigger, right? And that may, that may produce a healing crisis of some sort. So I already mentioned the skin issues that I had in particular. That's a, that's a symptom, flu-like symptoms, um, digestive changes. I think I've shared before on here, if not, um, I had a, a Reiki client at some point, or I've, this has happened more than once, actually. I'm sorry. And I've had a Reiki client that had emotions that were just stuck. They didn't want to feel them. They probably buried them deep down inside. Um, I'm familiar with that. I am a Capricorn. We like to compartmentalize. I get it. And when I treated them during the session, they had, one, an emotional release. They teared up throughout the session. But two, also when they left the session, they had diarrhea. This has happened more than, yeah, this has happened several times, actually. But that's what will happen. Like if you have these you know, repressed emotions and you finally, you know, essentially get permission to let that shit go and the support to let it go, then it, you, you're going to let it go. So that's, um, that's considered a healing crisis as well. And the emotional release I already mentioned and emotional release can even be laughter, right? I've even mentioned that before when I've had a trip sit that the client was nervous that they were going to cry because of the heaviness that they'd had in their life. But um, they ended up laughing the entire uh, experience, like laughing till she cried, but she still laughed. And that was her emotional release for the session. And it was very much just like she had repressed so much joy that that session brought about the joy that she needed to experience again, right? So if we've repressed grief or anger, sometimes you might go through a healing session and just be angry when you leave. And, um, you know, that's fine sometimes. Like, you, it just helps us tap into the emotions that, you know, we're, we're not so familiar with or that are uncomfortable and get a little more comfortable with them because we got to process them. We got to go through them. Um, another one 
is fatigue. And this one I see a lot of. And I know even I've spoken to my mom about this before, and I'm sure a lot of you have a, a parent that has had the same experience because I feel like that generation didn't understand how to sit down and relax. They don't know rest that well. And there's a lot of guilt that comes along with that. And I know for my mom, I would tell her, like, she works all week. And then I was like, you know, just you can you can rest on the weekend. And she's like, no, I got to do this, 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 and this. And I was like, yeah, it'll still be there. It'll still be there. And she would, like, fall asleep, you know, watching Netflix or something on the couch on a Saturday and feel so guilty that she took a nap. And I was like, D stop. Like, you're not doing anything else. Like, I think you're allowed to rest. And that's the thing that people often forget when they finally get into this space where they're not necessarily in that fight or flight mode. They're not working off of survival, that they get into a more comfortable state of rest. And there's almost like this, this fight, this battle with that and that guilt of feeling that it's not okay to rest because you're working in your mind in that survival mode still, right? But it is okay. It is okay to rest. And, you know, if you're having a healing crisis and you're experiencing fatigue, it's more than likely because you've been on go for so long. And if you haven't like physically been on go emotionally or energetically, like your nerves <laughs> have been or are, right? So the fatigue is kind of like, bitch, sit down. You can, you can rest a little longer. Just sit down, sit down, chill out. And I've seen it. I've seen it more. This even after like a Reiki session, sometimes people will, they'll be tired or whatever, but then they're just like, and it, and I think sometimes that also depends on the moon cycles too. Right. Cause I know for me as when new moons are around, I don't sleep. Um, so I have fatigue around then anyway, but there's times that a, a client leaves and they're just like, yeah, I needed extra, extra sleep for it several days after. And I'm like, yeah, like your body's recalibrating and, you know, processing the shit that it went through. And it's just trying to tell you to, to lay low, chill out for a little bit while it does its thing, right? So with me having a Reiki class coming up, 11.11, I wanted to go over some of the frequently asked questions that I get because Reiki helped me so much within my own healing crisis. And um, I've helped a lot of other people with their healing crises. And I do like to point out, you know, I've even said this probably episode one, that this is not a cure-all. This is not going to do all the things for you, but it is a good tool for your toolkit. And it's also just a very good resource to access because it's everywhere and you can do it on everything. You know, I like to say I Reiki all the things and um, there's just so, and again, like, even if you have questions after this, please reach out, ask me all the questions. A lot of, especially in the South, a lot of the things that we fear, we just don't know enough about. And I like to provide more clarity if I can with this and with a lot of the work that I do, because a lot of it is considered hidden knowledge or, you know, occult wisdom. And I just, I'm, I want y'all to know what you need to know. So 
Let's see. And where do I begin? I have these questions all over the place, but I think I did it okay. So um, we can get into the history. That's just, we can brief things. Um, it was developed in Japan by Usui. And that is the one that I teach is traditional Usui Reiki. There's some added elements to that if you're taking a class, which I can explain and, you know, as you're taking the class, but there's different, like, like there's different strains of cannabis. There's different, uh, I don't want to say maybe modalities of Reiki. I almost said brands. It's not quite brands. So there's, I, I teach and I practice traditional Usui Reiki. There's also Karuna Reiki. There's Holy Fire Reiki. Um, I also took a class on Kemetic Reiki, which is like ancient Egypt stuff. So, and then after you've learned Reiki, there's other attunements available where I have an attunement that also addresses past life things called Kimana. So there's so many different Reiki modalities out there. But again, I teach like the traditional with some added elements to that, which again, I'll get into if you're taking my class. Um, but anyway, it was brought over here by Mrs. Takata in 1937. And my particular lineage, I'm a 10th generation student, so, or a 10th generation teacher. So my students are 11th generation students, but our lineage can be, in my Reiki path, can be traced back to the original teachings that were brought over here, right? So I think that's important to share because when you are learning Reiki, this is not something that you can learn on YouTube. You can learn about Reiki. I mean, I've put some Reiki videos on YouTube. You can learn the things about Reiki, but you cannot take a class on Reiki without a Reiki teacher. A Reiki teacher has to provide an attunement, which is just basically the passing down of the Reiki skill to the, to the new practitioner. And you're going to have questions. You can't ask these questions in the YouTube comments for whoever's putting these courses out there, right? So make sure you have a Reiki teacher. And um, I know for me, whenever I had my attunement, I was just, the, I was the only one in class and I didn't really know my teacher that well. And I was in there crying and I was like, oh my gosh, what is, what is this? Who am I? Because again, we, I like to compartmentalize if I can. And, um, but that was an emotional release I experienced of, and I just felt so, so much lighter after that and so much more energized. I had all this energy that day. Like I just, I felt like I could reorganize my entire home, move furniture around. Like I could have done everything after that attunement. I had so much like, there's, there's this gif of this little girl that I always like to use after I do Reiki things. And I don't know if she's got like cotton candy in her hand or something. She looks like a crazy little demented kid. And every time I do Reiki things, it's like she's shaking her hands in the air. That's how I feel. That's definitely how I felt after my attunement. Um, and you can get more than one attunement, right? I mentioned I've, I've had a few different attunements. And, and I've even mentioned if you're a student of mine, come to another class. Because getting more attunements, because once you have a Reiki attunement, you have that for life. Okay, like even if you've taken a Reiki class from another teacher, you will always have that Reiki attunement. But if you get another attunement in another class or another Reiki practitioner, it's just going to strengthen your own Reiki energy and it's going to just refine what you already have, right? And you know I love me some refinement. And so I do encourage people to 
get more attunements if you can throughout throughout your uh, Reiki path because we just we need more of that light, especially with the darkness coming through currently. And um, Reiki can be used to treat global crises. So I know I've been reading a book recently, Caroline Mays, and she had another book, Anatomy of the Spirit, and she mentioned how somebody that she had interviewed had a near-death experience, and she basically went up, and they were like, it's not your time yet, but she could hear somebody praying for her, and this was a car accident that took place. She could hear somebody praying for her when she had this near-death experience, and it sounded very much like she was doing like remote viewing as this was happening. And she found like she could see the license plate of the woman who was praying for her. And the woman praying for her said something like, you know, I don't know who this person is, but I pray they make it out okay. And she heard these words and took down the license plate number mentally. And after she got out of the hospital and was better because, you know, gift of prayer, power of prayer. She located this woman and took her a bouquet of flowers to thank her for her prayer. So I very much feel like, you know, intention and collective consciousness and collective intention and prayer. There's so much power in prayer. And I like, you know, I've said more than once, like I always feel like Reiki is prayer on steroids. So this is even more of a reason why I'm encouraging more and more people to take this class because if we all have this ability to add more light to the world and to put more intentional prayer and power behind these words that we're using to help heal these crises happening, then the more the better. So again, I, I know I say I Reiki all the things, but I send Reiki to, to natural disasters. I send Reiki to the bullshit happening out in the world. And, you know, if we can learn these things, then it's it's a good tool to have in the, in the toolkit. Uh, is Reiki a religion? No, it's not a religion. As I pray to God. I talk to God. I communicate with God. I mean, I communicate with angels and ancestors and, you know, some other things, fairies and, you know, some other things out there. But my main conversations are with God, all right? And I've, there's a book on this, on, um, on Reiki and Christianity out there. It's on Amazon, if that is something you want to explore. But I feel like a lot of my listeners don't really care about the religious element of the thing. So, but if you want to take that route, you can. Um, what else? Oh, okay. So I don't think I've ever really covered... When you have a treatment with me, so, okay, so an in-person treatment can be, I usually have a 45-minute in-person session, and when I do distance Reiki, it's usually a 30-minute session, unless there's a group um, element of that, then it's shorter because my energy is being, you know, shared with, obviously, more than one individual, so it feels a little different on my end to share that, but one of the things that, you know, I get asked with a client treatment is, you know, like, what did you feel or what can you tell me, that kind of thing. So a lot of times when I do a treatment, a client may or may not, because some clients feel absolutely nothing at all, 
And then some clients have these like profound experiences. And I'm like, whoa, what? You went where? You saw what? I've never heard that before. One of my clients went to Egypt. She's never been to Egypt. She's astral traveled, I guess, to Egypt or somehow got to Egypt. She saw, she named all the things she saw. She, very, very vivid descriptions. Um, I've had a client that they saw themselves like leave the earth. They were over earth and like looking down, down to the place that he was being treated, like just wild experiences, right? Um, some people see colors. Some people just feel warmth or heat tingles. Some people have um, absolute, again, nothing at all. And mostly though, clients just feel safe. Because even though I'm like naming all those wild descriptions and experiences people have, I'm like, you weren't scared? And they're like, no, <laughs> no, I feel good. I feel safe. You know, they get off the table like looking half drunk because they've just had this like otherworldly experience. Um, but even if clients don't experience something in that session, like I just named, like visions or sensations, I always tell them the work doesn't just stop in that treatment. Give it 21 days because Reiki heals at a cellular level and our cells take time to heal, right? And regenerate. So give it time. So even if you're, if you're listening, maybe you're not one of my Reiki students yet, but if you're listening and you've had a Reiki session with me, look at what took place 21 days after that session, all right? See what shifted. And it could have been very subtle things. It could have just been more of an awareness of things. It could have been you implementing more boundaries. You know, there's just different things that take place, but just have a look at that. Even if you've been to one of my like group Reiki meditation things, look at what took place after you experienced that. And the really good thing about Reiki is every session you have, it's just going to get stronger. So your connection with that energy is going to become more and more familiar, right? So that's even, even to say, like, if you're a Reiki practitioner and you're doing self-treatments, the more you practice on yourself, the stronger it gets, the more connected you feel to that energy and yourself. Um, but for me, whenever I'm doing a session, if it's in, I feel like, yeah, it's different if it's in person versus distance. Because in person, again, like, I might feel um, warmth or tingles on my hands. Sometimes I get messages, uh, not often, but sometimes I get messages to share, but typically it's the client that receives the message and I don't have to share it. Um, but sometimes I'll feel the sensations in my body. I might have a shoulder pain and I'm like, oh, what they got going on in their shoulder? And so I, I might ask or something. They're like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's been bothering me for months or something. Um, but I feel things but I still, they, they, I'm not feeling them after the session. Cause I feel like a lot of clients are like, Oh my God, I'm sorry that you had to feel that. And I'm like, no, <laughs> I've been given this gift to be able to tap into that, to know how to help you. Right. So it's not like a, you know, I'm not ashamed of having that skill. It's, it's a good one to have for that kind of work. Right. Um, so yeah, I might feel sensation or not might, I typically feel sensations, but when I'm doing a distance session, I definitely feel sensations and I definitely have more visuals whenever I do a distance session. Um, but the client in a distance session typically has visuals or they very much have sensations throughout. Um, and a lot of times they fall asleep. So that's always interesting. Um, but every session is different. 
every single session. So if you have had a session once and you're like, I didn't feel anything, it didn't work, whatever. Um, have another session, have three more, and it's just going to get stronger and stronger each time. Uh, do Reiki practitioners learn hand gestures? So there are different symbols in Reiki that we use. So yes, there are symbols that you, you learn and you can use hand gestures for that. Um, but there's also other things that you can do to implement those symbols with your work. Um, you know, I like to talk about inf infusing Reiki and what I do. I have audios available with Reiki. I have like the sacral chakra activation available and it's, you know, specifically designed to treat your sacral chakra, but there's also healing frequencies involved. And as I recorded that audio, I implemented certain Reiki symbols to address that particular chakra. So I do teach those kinds of things in the class. Um, and even after you've taken a class, you have access to me to ask all the questions. Because again, this isn't YouTube. And I'm here to answer the questions. I'm here to be a guide throughout that journey and to be your teacher as you, you know, strengthen that practice for yourself. Um, what else? A class is two days. It's uh, usually two hours that Saturday and four hours that Sunday. The first half of class is learning history and philosophy, and the second half is integration. And then um, one of the things I do like to point out is when it comes to like who should learn Reiki, a lot of the students that I've had aren't necessarily body workers. They're not necessarily massaging clients. A lot of them are caregivers of some sort, which I think is really important because I really feel like Reiki gives you that added protection and that added element of light to your body to help you with your work even more. And um, a lot of the clients I also get are, you know, highly sensitive beings or those who identify as empaths. They, they have these gifts that they don't really know how to harness and they just want more support and more help with that. And that's where I was for my own journey. Like I said, I didn't realize I was carrying the grief I was carrying. And that could have been from childhood because I had, you know, my father passed when I was growing up. So there was like trauma on top of trauma that was never really addressed. And so those who take care of others, those who are like highly sensitive, um, and those especially with gifts that they, they just don't know what to do with them. I really feel like Reiki helps nourish and nurture those, those clear, your superpowers that I've spoken of, your, your clairs, your clairvoyance, your clairsentience, whatever your clairs may be, I feel like Reiki helps strengthen those and helps you get more comfortable with them. And um, Another, another uh, question I got was, do students get discounts on services um, once they've taken one of my classes? And I have done Reiki shares before. When I do a Reiki share, it's basically anybody can participate that has practiced Reiki. You don't even have to be a student of mine. And we all send Reiki to one another, right? So that's, that is a free thing. It's a Reiki share. It's free. But as far as like other things that I may have, um, when I have different events, like I, I have an event at the salt cave where I'm doing Reiki and sound healing in that, but I don't offer discounts for the Reiki students on that because y'all, when you learn Reiki from me, 
you can Reiki yourself. You can do self-treatments. You can, yes, you can help other people with Reiki, but even if you decide not to help any other body, <laughs> any other body, even if you decide not to help anybody else with this skill that you have, you can do self-treatment all the time. So what I really like people to take from my classes outside of Reiki class, from, from my teachings in general, are like learn these things that you have within you and just strengthen them because you have these gifts already. A lot of people even have practiced Reiki before they knew it was called Reiki, right? I met somebody recently. She's been doing Reiki. I'm doing air quotes. She's been doing Reiki. It just wasn't called Reiki, but she's been doing energy work on, um, on her loved ones. And I just help you learn the protection with it. I help you learn the, the ways to treat things with it. And, and again, how to harness that power and that light so that you can use it to your advantage and do more with it. So there's so much more that I, I teach that is just like helpful to people who, who have these gifts. All right. And I really feel like Reiki is a good foundation for a lot of that. So again, 1111, make sure you take the class. This is the last in-person class I'm having this year. Um, again, you see what the fuck's going on outside. And I really feel like it's a good time to learn this, this skill, this, um, this superpower, as I like to call it. But um, it's just going to help raise the vibrations, raise the collective consciousness, and really help, um, help us heal, help us heal within ourselves. And the more we help ourselves heal, the more we can help others, and the more we can help the world. That sounds really extravagant and dramatic, but like that's, it's real, okay? So um, please reach out again if you have any other questions. You know, I love to say, ask all the questions. Um, you can email me or you can shoot me a DM on Instagram. And yeah, that is it for today. Tune in every Thursday. I am here with or without guests. I'm good here by myself too, though, because y'all love to listen to me. So I appreciate it. I appreciate you all for your support. I really do. Thank you for rocking with me and I will see you next time. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to Who You Call in Holistic. Be sure to like, subscribe, and share. You can find me and all my services on Shiana.com. That's S-H-E-A-N-A-H. 